Hey, Cameron. Yeah, Miles? Have you heard of Wolfwalkers? I sure have heard of Wolfwalkers. Is that what we're watching? You bet your ass. Awesome. Wolf, wolf, how's the wolf? Wolf, wolf, and free. Wolf, wolf, how's the wolf? Run free. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Inconceivable Media. I'm your host, Miles. And I'm Cam. And today we are watching Wolfwalkers. Yay! Uh, for those of you who don't know, Wolfwalkers is a 2020 animated feature uh, by Tom Moore and Ross Stewart. This film is the unofficial third installment of Moore's Irish Folk Trilogy. The third uh, installment? Yes, the first one was Secrets of the Sea. No, you, or wait, Songs so, of the Sea. Oh! And I, then the second one was the Secret Secrets of, of the Kells. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wow. I didn't know Song of the Sea was okay, because I knew about Secret of the Kells. I've seen that one, but all right. Okay, got to add that to the list. So have you also seen the fourth movie that was made by this uh, group of people the called Breadwinner? No. Oh. Uh, but that's another I have heard of Breadwinner. <laughs> Uh, the story follows the youngling, uh, Robin Goodfellow. Goodfellow. Her name is wrong. You spell it with a Y, not with an I. What? Really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Voiced by uh, Honor Neepsey, yeah. <laughs> uh, who wants to be a hunter just like her father, Bill Goodfellow, who is played by the man, the myth, the legend, Sean Bean. But instead of getting to the hunt, uh, instead of getting to hunt wolves, she befriends a little girl who changes into a wolf named Mabe, uh, played by Eva Whittaker. While avoiding the Lord Lord Protector, Simon McBurney, uh, and trying to help Mole, who is Maria Doyle Kennedy, mm -hmm. uh, Mabe's mother. So Cam, now that you've seen this movie, I must ask you, mm -hmm. did you like it? Of course. I thought this movie was great. I... I had been hearing a fair amount of this from animation buffs, and so I definitely knew that it was something that I was going to watch eventually. I just, uh, it was on a list. Uh, the list continues to grow every time we do an episode like this, it seems. So absolutely, I love this movie. So I had a few people comment to me that they think that this is sort of a Disney-style film. Would you say it's a Disney-style film? In the same way that Anastasia is considered a Disney film, yes. <laughs> so it, it could be confused. Yes, yes. It follows certain tropes and plot structures that are somewhat similar to Disney, but uh, I don't think I can see Disney doing a movie like this. I, I, I don't think so. Mm, I, uh, yeah, I can agree with you on that. I mean, we got Brave, and Brave was very much kind of throwing out a whole lot of things whereas this i would say seemed to be kind of more uh not necessarily throwing things out in the way brave did um kind of more sticking to a certain way things are done and more about returning to those ways as opposed to more modern thinking trying to destroy it so that's why i kind of sit there and i say i don't feel like this is something that disney would necessarily do no, uh, actually, the uh, was Tom Moore uh, made a commercial for PETA as well. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, it was a very 
good commercial. Not a fan of PETA itself. Yeah, I was about to say, good. I was like, well, a good thing about the commercial, maybe not so great about the organization, yeah. right? Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, would you recommend it to others? Heck yeah. I would recommend that everybody watch this movie. And this time, I can say that, and I have no qualms about it being inappropriate for anyone. <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> Or at least I don't think so. I don't know. Do you think that there's like kind of a uh, a lower age limit or something for this film? It does actually involve a lot of violence, yeah, especially that's true. right at the end. Um, that's, so that's that's true. That's I would say true. like a plus. Okay, yeah. I wouldn't show this to Gwendolyn, my my friend's daughter, because she's about five or six. She's mm. just a little too young for something like this. Oh, okay. It would really scare her to see her main characters being shot at with cannons and guns yeah so that's another reason why i would say this doesn't really fall under something that disney would do there's just a little bit too much violence towards the main characters oh and uh hunchback of notre dame didn't have any violence into to its characters i mean that one is special <laughs> <laughs> what about um there are not a lot. <laughs> the Black Cauldron is the one of the only Disney films that has a PG rating. Atlantis? That says a lot. I'm pretty sure Atlantis still has a G rating. Yeah, but they're getting shot at. That's true. And attacked and all sorts of other okay, things. Okay, so for a movie that revolves around kids, <laughs> I don't see Disney doing something like this. Well, Atlantis is different because they're that. all adults. You can say that, and I'm a warrior. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, enough. let's uh, head into spoiler territory here, and uh, we'll see you guys on the other side once you're done watching. Yep. See you then. So now that we are in spoiler territory, let's talk about the characters and the plot. Hmm. Uh, so when guess... we start the movie, we meet Bill and Robin Goodfellow. Uh, Bill is a experienced wolf hunter, and his daughter is a, pre a precocious child <laughs> who welcomes them, or who are newcomers to Ireland. Right. And Robin had assisted Bill in the past, but... Now she's being forced into a role that she hates. She's like a scullery maid or something like that. Just, ugh, absolutely the pits for her. So while out in the forest, a stray shot from her crossbow injures her falcon Merlin, and it causes a bit of an altercation with a young wolf walker named Maeve. After a rocky start, the two become great friends and set about looking for a way to solve problems. Such as dealing with the frustrating, uh, why did you put Lord Commander? Isn't that his name? No, it's Lord Protector. Oh! This isn't, this isn't the Lord Commander who's oh. trying to find the <laughs> Gary. Oh, I got my, got a, some of my wires crossed there. Yes. Okay, the Lord Protector. Yes, the Lord Protector. And looking for Mabe's mother, Mole. Oh, right. And sometimes while this is happening, Robin is also a wolf. But, you know, no big deal, right, Miles? <laughs> Not really. 
<laughs> not as big of a deal at, at the very end of it all. We oh, get yeah, to hear what? Sean Bean howl. Right, because then oh. he becomes a wolf walker too. Yes. So and that's the that's like that makes the movie that browns it all out. That makes it the perfect ball. Just to just to set the record straight here, we can add this to the list of roles where Sean Bean doesn't die. Yes, because it, he's either the father figure that dies or he's the bad guy, right? Yes. Or sometimes he's also sharp, in which case he can't die because he's the main character of those stories. True. It's very true. Have you ever seen any of have you ever seen Sharp? Like Sharp's Rifles or Sharp's Regiment and things like that? Well, I know what a Sharp's Rifle is, but uh, I well, don't think I've seen the movies. Okay. Uh, well, we'll save that for another time. Excellent. So, uh, let's go into some of the characters here. Right. Uh, we got Robin Goodfellow. Oh, of course. Now we spell it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, Honor Nefsi, right? Honor Nefsi. Yeah, that's who that's who oh, voices yeah, yeah. Robin. On, on, yes. We're talking about Robin right my now, bad. Miles. <laughs> I'm getting my names all mixed up. <laughs> uh she's the a young apprentice daughter or young apprentice hunter and daughter of Bill Goodfellow, which mm. you've spelled wrong again. <laughs> hey, I'm putting this one on you. It's not even capitalized. Alright, <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Blame me just because I'm not a wordsmith. I make things work. <laughs> I don't spell. Robin, I like her. Um, actually, I got to say, both the kids in this are a lot of fun to watch, uh, especially seeing as how they have a very different dichotomy, seeing as how... So, I mean, Robin, she follows the rules in a way because even when it comes to setting traps and being a hunter like her father, there are certain ways that you go about doing it. And so she's structured and disciplined in a way when it comes to fighting. She's not obviously very disciplined because she's still a child, but you can tell that she kind of has that bit of, like, again, just like very focused and will do things in a very specific way because that's just the way you do it. And then you contrast that with Maeve, who is free spirit and just rules are for fools, I guess. That's the way I look at it anyways. Well, I mean, she's the daughter of essentially the wolf queen, so... Yes, that makes sense for Maeve, for why she would... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean... So she's like yeah. ruling class in her civilization, I guess you would call mm -hmm. it. And on top of that, her civilization is the wild, so it is chaotic. Yes, yes. So, Robin Goodfellow, very much lawful good in that way, with perhaps maybe a little bit of chaos added in there. Very little. <laughs> very little, you know, but definitely not into the neutral good, no. So then we got Bill Goodfellow? Uh, yes, Sean Bean. Sean Bean. <laughs> um, I like his character... Because of the fact that he never really shuts out his daughter. I mean, we have that big thing at the end where he talks about how he's afraid for her. But even then, he doesn't really go into 
further detail about what it is that he's actually afraid of, which kind of makes me wonder if maybe he feels that she won't understand when he says that he's afraid that if he doesn't follow what the Lord Protector wants him to do, that it means that she's going to get punished as a way to punish him, and he doesn't want his daughter to suffer because of anything that he's done. Um, so well, he directly says to her at the end of it all, I don't want to lose you like I lost my wife, like I lost your mother. Right. I mean, we don't really go much into detail into how that happened, what that loss necessarily was. Did she, was she also a hunter and therefore she just, you know, got caught by some wolves one day and that was that? Or was it, did she get burned as a witch or something like that because she was talking back? Was, uh, we don't really know. So again, I don't feel that this is necessarily a shortcoming of the writing. I feel that this is, he doesn't trust his daughter. He still doesn't trust his daughter all that much to tell her the full truth. That's true, but also you got to remember the thing that I think he did really, really well is he ended up imprisoning her in a cage to try to keep her safe. Yep, sort of just like what happens with Maeve's mother. It's a different kind of cage, right? Yep, it's a different kind of cage, and Mm -hmm. he didn't realize it. Yeah. And that kind of comes out at the end. Yep, you know, when he gets to be his own wolf walker. And then they get to go off and be nice free spirits in the wilds of Ireland. Yeah. And now we move on to Maeve, right? Yeah, Maeve, a young wolf walker waiting for her mother to come back to her. Uh, this part actually almost makes me tear up. Oh, what? With she, the whole... Uh, she's very, very emotional. Uh-huh. And it just comes through extremely well. Yeah. and And, I mean, the other thing about it, too is that because she's a child and we don't know how long Maeve has been or the mall has been missing either. So we don't really understand necessarily how old Maeve is now as opposed to how old she was before her mother vanished. And so there's a whole lot of things that she just doesn't understand and there's no one to really teach her. Or explain them to her. The wolves obviously are not great at conversation. Yeah, they just take <laughs> the orders and go. They're they're not yeah, yeah. They 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 don't necessarily talk back or explain things to her. So when she is just absolutely distraught and in the throes of despair and things like that, it goes really well because I mean, I've seen adults act that way too, but it's certainly different when it's a child because you're sitting there going, how do you explain this to them since they don't really have an understanding of what's happening? Yeah, it's very true. I mean, Robin did try to explain it to her, but couldn't get that through a few times. Yeah. And uh, it caused the large altercation between her and the next character. The Lord Prosecutor, not Commander. The Protector? Lord. Yes, the Protector. <laughs> he, he prosecutes in a way, that's for sure. Yes. He's the main villain, and he's sort of a fiefdom ruler of the town and mm-hmm. area. Uh, he wants to cut back the forests and put in growing lands for mm-hmm. himself, 
as well as get rid of this wolf menace that is about. So the Lord Protector is great because he is absolutely this this great um, microcosm for uh, like colonialism within Ireland itself. Um, especially because of the fact that he is super religious and like very Christian. And it's this really great thing because of the fact that you have the Christianity coming in and basically decimating the original pagan beliefs of uh, Ireland and just kind of, you know, throwing everything out of there and just being like, we're going to get rid of this because that's, in addition to just getting rid of the wolf menace so that there aren't going to be any wolves around that are going to eat their sheep or possibly eat the farmers and things like that. There's also the aspect of the wolf walkers as part of the belief system for the locals. You know, the locals believe in wolf walkers, but the Lord Protector doesn't. Bill and Robin don't believe in it either because they're not from Ireland. They're not from the area and that's not the way they were raised. So these are not their customs or their beliefs and they're trying to destroy them. That'd be like telling somebody who's not from Canada about the Wendigo. Exactly. You wouldn't know that. Exactly, exactly. Um, and in a way, you just come in and just be like, oh, pfft, that's just, <laughs> you know, uh, that's the abominable snowman. That's a Yeti. No, Wendigo is it's totally Wendigo. different. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're, you're, yeah, you you don't know what you're talking about because it's so different. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> no, you you know you know. I yes, but. oh yes, <laughs> but exactly. <laughs> and uh, he makes a great villain in that way because he represents so many other things. Um, really, really great work. Yes, absolutely. Uh, after that, we have Sean Oak. I know I'm mispronouncing that because it's a. Uh, oh, is that the is that the the crazy? Well, not crazy guy. The 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 really intense guy. Uh, yes, he's the one who believes in the existence of the Wolfwalkers. He also helps Robin out a little bit. I mean, I would hope so, considering that he got healed by one. Yes. <laughs> Unless he's just like gaslighting Robin the whole time, but I, I, honest, I very much doubt that. No, I, I feel like he's one of the good people that just wants them to know, like, hey, this is the way things used to be. Mm-hmm. Well, you, know, you might be an outsider, and you, you should know about our customs because you don't know about what's out there. Exactly. He is a great character to, again, kind of be that uh, the straight man, in a way, to just be like, this is what the people believe. So you've got the wolf walkers to kind of represent those beliefs and make them manifest in reality and then you have the actual people who believe those things whether they are real or not and so he represents that side yes uh then there's ned stringy string is it stringy or is it stringy stringy maybe mm, maybe uh, played by john kenny he's a local boy who sort of teases robin for being an outsider and uh He's sort of a light antagonist to Robin. Mm-hmm. Well, I can see that because of the way he acts towards her. I mean, because he also... Well, don't they Don't they imprison Maeve, too? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. I Sometimes I get I'm jumbled up in terms of who got put under a box and who didn't, because lots of wolves get put in boxes and cages in this movie at different points. Oh, yeah. 
But there are many other people that uh, I don't want to really get into because that'll right. take too long. <laughs> well, we skipped over an important person, even though we don't really get to meet her until close to the end of the movie. We haven't talked about Maul yet. We haven't oh. talked about her mom. Yeah, Maul. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maul is the mother of Maeve, and she's also a wolf walker. She's sort of, I guess you would say, the... Uh, the queen pin. Right. She's the matron. <laughs> She's the matron of the... Of the wolf walker, of the yeah. pack. Mm-hmm. Um, she was actually captured by the Lord Protector and imprisoned and tried as as a wolf, of course, not mm-hmm. as a person. And, uh, of course, the Lord Protector tries to... Uh, train her. Train her, I guess yeah. you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, civilize her, maybe. Yeah. Again really great for me because i i just loved the parallels that it was making to again kind of like actual historical things of you know trying to civilize the local population yep exactly remember colonization does not just happen against people of one skin color to an to a different skin color it can happen to those that have the same skin color knock knock <laughs> Who's there? Colin. Colin who? Colonizers. <laughs> You've done this joke yes. already. We know it's a good we one. know they don't knock. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I I I have to say that again, this is something that I don't think I was really expecting going into this, but the depth and the parallels to, again, just kind of actual historical events and things like that. And, you know, almost disguising it as a, as a children's movie, I think is great. Because, in a way, um, it can lead to great conversations that you might have with your parents about, so why did this happen? Or, you know, what was the Lord Protector's deal? And then, you know, then all of a sudden your parents might be like, um... You're too young to be talking and thinking about that. <laughs> yes. It's or you might have to shut down your kid trying to learn about new things. Yeah, right. Or you might have the parents that are just like, well, you see, X hundred years ago, such and such a thing happened. Such and such a society decided to do this and blah, 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 blah. blah. And <coughs> now here we are all these years later. And this is the reason why Ireland is cut in two. Yep. Or, well, one of many reasons. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> so. Yeah, there's it touches on a lot of different things. And it manages to weave it all together very nicely. Mm-hmm. Because there is that also that environmentalism message that's in the movie. Yeah. As yeah. well as, like, the fact that uh, it's all about two people just trying to find their place. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, the whole overlying story isn't about just colonization. It's about two girls who are just trying to find out where they belong. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, everything kind of weaves itself together into a beautiful tapestry, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually very much what I'd say is kind of the animation style of this movie. Yeah, the animation also really got to me, again, just because of the the, the style, especially when it came to backgrounds and things like that. Like I mentioned this a few times when we were watching it, but every time they had uh, an overhead shot of the town, 
and it was like these really simplistic drawings and i just was like oh my goodness that's like a a manuscript straight out of like the 1400s or something like that or the local town map you don't need to put in really uh intricate drawings of where the houses are you need to make sure that people know where the important landmarks are in this in the city you need to know where like the main gate is because that's where you're going to be getting out you need to know where the market is you need to know where the church is and you need to know kind of like where smith yeah and you need to know where like the town hall is um, or the castle, or the keep, or whatever. Yeah, and if you're going to meet somebody in the city, you'd meet them at a landmark, exactly. not at their place, because exactly. that's not that important. Exactly. I mean, I could see some people thinking, oh, well, you couldn't they have gone into finer details for that? And I said they're going, well, no, because that's not the style that they're emulating. And it was so cool, because you don't see things like that these days. And they did it, and they emulated it so well. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things about this movie's animation is the, the way they depict the wolves because mm. the wolves kind of blend into each other and create like one moving shadow. Right. But right. you can still tell that it's a bunch of different wolves. Mm-hmm. It's both simplistic and very detailed without actually needing all of the detail. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I do kind of remember the, yeah, they have that kind of morph aspect to them as well. I, I, I honestly was just kind of more fascinated by the animation that they had for the wolf walkers themselves because they stand out against the wolves and they are, um, well, they are different from each other somewhat. Bill and Robin, they look similar in their wolf form in the sense that their uh like kind of wolf shape is shares semblance between them and then Maul and Maeve look similar to each other. Yes, um, but they all look different from the regular wolves. Yes. Yes. And it's not just because Maul, Maeve and Robin are the girl female wolves, so they have that female large doughy <laughs> eyes small snouts and the rest of the wolves have the big snouts and the smaller more sharp eyes i mm, i don't necessarily know if i agree entirely with that because robin uh she and bill have more wolf-like features when they're in their wolf form than like honestly when may first showed up i thought she was a fox yeah, I could see that. I thought she, I thought she looked way more like, a, and I, and I understand that that's because she has red hair, and so therefore her fur is red as well. Um, but I was just kind of like the, the the roundness to her face and things like that. I honestly thought, wait, looks kind of more like a fox than a wolf. But I know that they're wolf walkers, so it's supposed to be a wolf. <laughs> and so then, when Robin turns into a wolf for the first time, I was like, that's what I mean. That's what I would have thought that they would look like, because she looks like a wolf. Sure, she's still got the, you know, doughy eyes and everything, but, but she looked like a wolf. Maeve is also very young. That's so... Yeah, that's that's. that's I would a not fair put point. the two at the same age at all. Yeah, you would definitely say I that Robin Maeve, is, like, a couple of years older. Like, Robin is probably, like, 10, 11, 12, mm-hmm. and Maeve is probably, like, 6 to 8. Mm, yeah, I can definitely... Yeah, I buy that. Yeah, this movie actually won a lot of awards for its animation style. But it 
didn't win. Uh, I don't think it won the the Oscar for it. But no, it didn't. Which is interesting because Secret of the Kells did win. I remember that. That probably was... because Secret of the Kells and Wolfwalkers looked very. I actually no. The reason why is because of the release issues that happened. What? What do you mean? So, because this movie came out in 2020. Oh, right. It actually came out right around COVID, when COVID hit us really, really hard. Because of this, it did get released in the Toronto Film Festival, but it didn't actually make it to theaters. Uh, So, this 10 million euro movie, the cost of making it, 10 million euros, Mm -hmm. ended up only making about... What do I have here? That's a little Two, under a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah, a quarter of a million U.S. dollars. Wow. So, so it was technically a bomb. Technically. Damn. But it got a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics. 8.7 out of 10 for uh, like Oh, just views. overall. Yeah, overall like impressions, right? Yes. Yeah. It won 23 awards. Runner up for four of them. For four others, and then mm-hmm. nominated for forty-one others. Right. I... So, like, it was it was very well received, mm-hmm. but COVID literally tanked the movie. So, as opposed to what happened with Mary and Max, where it was, you know, kind of the director's choice to not have a wide release. This one, they just got screwed over by a global pandemic. Yep. Sad to say. Well, okay, that that might explain a little bit more why. Because I wanted to see this movie when it came out. Because I kept hearing people talk about it. And I was like, I'm going to see this movie at some point. Where is it playing in theaters? I don't see it anywhere. Well, now I know why that was. Yes, you can pretty much only find this on Apple TV. Well, I'm pretty sure you can buy it physically. Uh, You can. It actually comes with its two others. Really? Yeah, they sell it as a trilogy. You can buy it as a trilogy? Cool. I might have to do that, because I really liked Secret of the Kells, and so I have a feeling I'd probably really like Song of the Sea as well. Well, considering they're basically a unspoken trilogy, yes, you absolutely would. <laughs> I don't know. Like Sometimes that's not always, always the case. Some people would say, because I like Hot Fuzz and World's End, that I would automatically like Shaun of the Dead, because they're part of uh, you know, the Cornetto trilogy. But I didn't really like Shaun of the Dead a whole lot. Yeah, I can see that. But, so, you know, you know, it's not a a 100% certain thing, but that is still a huge bummer that it wasn't actually able to get released in film. Like, it wasn't even, well, I suppose, considering that it's an Irish film, they wouldn't have been able to put it on Netflix or Disney Plus or uh crave or hbo max or any of those other big streaming platforms where a lot of films did go on and some of them you know got hit with that 20 dollar uh fee to watch it so that they could at least try to attempt to make some money yeah or money back i should say yeah unfortunately never really got to that well that uh, sucks but the director is still making more movies. Good. So uh, we can foresee another trilogy. I look forward to seeing um, more of I want this a Russian type. trilogy. A I Russian would love trilogy. a Russian trilogy. Just looking, because Russia is such a large country involving so many different cultures and backgrounds of people, mm-hmm. that I would love to see just a trilogy across that. I mean, there's quite a bit of animated stuff that was made uh, while it was Soviet Union. 
And some of it's actually pretty entertaining. One of my favorites is Winnie Pooh, which is Winnie the Pooh, um, as in based off of the A.A. A. Milne stories, not off of the Disney in uh, interpretations. interpretations. And it, uh, I think it was, I think it was maybe three or four of the stories were animated, and and I have seen them. And it's great. The art style of them is just so wonky. Um, but it works so well for um, communicating the story. I, I got to show those to you. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty entertaining. Well, I love the Russian art film Stalker. So I feel like I would probably like it. We'll have to watch it. It'll be one of the ones. There's some other kind of interesting things from that era as well but i mean all I, I well i mean stalker would have been or i thought roadside picnic was the oh wait no roadside I'm getting, picnic is the book stalker right. is the movie and then stalker the acronym is the game there okay there we go i was getting myself all jumbled up a little bit in terms of what is what but that was made like in the 70s or the 80s wasn't it uh, it the started film? in the 70s. It yeah. didn't get out till the 80s. Uh, there's a whole lot of controversy based around it, but we'll talk about that in a later day. You know, when we cover that movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> but back to talking about Wolf Walkers, right? Um, I think we have overlooked one final thing. Sean Bean Howling? Well, I mean, it does have to do with using your voice, for sure. <laughs> we haven't talked about the music yet. We haven't talked oh, about that song. <laughs> Yes, the one. There's one song that they play in there when uh, Robin's figuring out her wolf pap, like how to be a wolf. Mm -hmm. Yep, and, and she's uh, going along with Maeve, and yeah, and uh, we actually get a beautiful song done by the uh, art, uh, the artist and songwriter uh, Aurora. She is a Norwegian singer, if I'm correct. Ooh. And, uh, so she's she the one a, who made Running with the Wolves? Yes, she made the song Running with the Wolves, which you just heard a little snippet of yep. in today's episode. <laughs> and I know I've heard it a bunch of times before. That, so I also did not know that that's where that song came from because I had heard it a couple times. Yes, because whenever we go hunting or something, I, I have my playlist going. And it's, and it's in just there. In the it's just in the background. <laughs> it's one of the few songs that I, I, I listen to and I go, you know what? Yeah. One of the few thousand songs, just a small playlist that I like to listen to. <laughs> well, it was a nice song. I don't uh, necessarily... So that, I feel, is maybe also one of those instances where people might be like, wouldn't you consider this a Disney film because of the, the way the song is incorporated? And I sit there and I go, yeah, sure. But, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that it is a Disney film. That's just Disney does these things and... That makes Everybody them successful, so therefore, yes, therefore everyone else is going to do similar things because they also want to make money. Nothing wrong with that. Yes, I mean, you, you kind of need to make money if you want to make more films. If you just keep losing money every time, no one's going to write you a check to make another film. Yep. So, I mean, I remember the song, but I and I know that there was other music in the film, but it didn't, I don't know, the, the score didn't necessarily pop out for me this time, but, you know. You're probably just entranced by all the animation, because the score was actually really good. 
I'm I'm sure I can always go back and watch the movie again and pay closer attention to the music and less to what people are talking about. Yes. <laughs> who who did the music anyway? Who did the score? So the score was done by uh, Bruno uh, Colata, I think Coltas. Col- I think it's Colet. Colet. Mm-hmm. Bruno Colet mm-hmm. and uh, a folk group known as Kelat. Uh, uh, they are a Irish folk group. I, um, I, I, I feel that I need to watch this movie again to maybe pay closer attention to the music. Yes, the music that was very nicely. That was not the song because the song definitely stood out. Well, the, that's kind of the interesting thing that they did with the music. The, mu- the music for this movie was created for it, right? So everything is made to sort of make you focus oh, okay. on the I picture see. and uh, understand the story. It's not like they took music that was around at the time that was successful and they said, oh, we can just throw it in here and right. then everybody's going to like it more. I see. Uh, they actually made it w- work with the flow of the movie. Ah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, so it was done extremely well, in my opinion. I can't remember. I I do not remember offhand if that means that it is diegetic or non-diegetic, because I know that that's the term that you use when you're referring to if the music is actually present like the people can hear it playing where they are or if it's being pumped in for the sake of the audience watching the the, the TV uh, uh someone someone can probably correct me on which which way I'm thinking of it but uh yeah it's <laughs> that 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 is how they incorporated the score into this yes okay so that might also that is entirely possible that that might be why it didn't necessarily come out to me as it being a score because I'm way more used to it being the other way where you know you kind of get that whole where is that music coming from what the heck is that yes it's <laughs> like I said it blends beautifully it's mm-hmm. it's like being in the forest and if you never heard the wind rustling through the leaves if it's not there you're going to miss it right but I it makes see. it blend they blended it so well that if it wasn't there you would miss it but since it is there, you do still miss it. Right. But you don't notice you miss it. Yeah, that's a very good point. All right. Is there anything else that you want to say about this? or? Not really. Uh, that's basically all of it. I thought it was a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Me too. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope you guys movie. enjoyed it just as much as we did. And if you have uh, any thoughts about what kind of movie you think, that, if you think this is a Disney movie, tell Cameron he's wrong. <laughs> I I am prepared to fight. Well, okay, I fight with words. I am prepared to debate people on that. I am ready for it. <laughs> Sounds good. In that case, at the end of the day, I'm Miles, and I'm Cam. And we'll see you next time. We'll see ya. Bye.